The following is a message by Dr. Howell Jones from Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about this message or Westminster Seminary, visit us online at wscal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. That's online at wscal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. We humble ourselves together before Thee, O Lord our God, on account of the amazing kindness Thou hast shown in the coming of Thine eternal Son to earth, the Lord Jesus Christ, in such lowliness and poverty and humiliation, in order that He might accomplish an everlasting salvation through His obedient life, and atoning death, and we would with all that is within us uh, join with those who have gone before trusting and serving him and those yet to be gathered for whom he lived and died and would acknowledge that he is worthy to receive all power and dominion and might and praise. We thank thee for so great salvation. We pray that thou wilt assure us of our part in it and grant to us to know more of its blessedness. Be pleased to receive our thanks, seal thy word to us in its truth and power, and grant that we might know indeed that we are in him who came in order that he might lay claim to us and make us truly his own, so that nothing might separate us from his love in time or eternity. Hear us, we pray, and enable us to spend the rest of our time here below in seeking to walk worthily of the name we bear, obeying thy word, opposing sin, turning our backs upon the world and upon ourselves and the devil, and looking to the coming with great glory of the one who came in such meekness and lowliness. Hear us for his sake. Grant thy blessing and pardon our sins. Amen. Let us turn to the New Testament scriptures, to the first epistle of John, chapter 2, verse 26. And we'll read uh, to the sixth verse in chapter 3. 1 John, chapter 2, verse 26, to chapter 3, and verse 6. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you received from him abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. 
But we know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. So far the reading of God's word. Just a few thoughts this morning. Brothers and sisters, on the fifth verse of 1 John 3, you know that he appeared to take away sins, and in him is no sin. Ignorance is not the mother of devotion, is it? Knowledge is. But knowledge that is more than information, and more than information and agreement with it, Knowledge which is information, agreement, and that hearty trust of faith. That faith is associated with the work of the Holy Spirit, who gives an anointing so that what we know, we know, we know. And while we don't know everything, and we shouldn't understand John's words here, to give us the slightest encouragement in that direction, there are things that we do know. And there is no greater matter that we know than that he appeared to take away sins. A most wonderful event and a purpose to match. He appeared to take away sins. John doesn't need to name him. Those to whom he's writing know full well who he's referring to. A little earlier he's spoken about the Son of the Father. Jesus, the Christ of God. His appearing and his atoning. His appearing in order to atone most important truths, glorious realities, central to our faith. We all, therefore, should say, I know he appeared to take away sins, and I know I know it, and I know it was my sins, as well as the sins of all his people, that he appeared in order to make atonement for. But that isn't all that John says. He adds the words, and in him is no sin. Here we have not merely a saviour from sin, but a sinless saviour. And that's the testimony of the New Testament, isn't it? The Apostle Paul said he knew no sin. Peter says he did no sin, he spoke no sin. 
it's as crucial to know that he is sinless as to know that he appeared to take away sins because if he were not sinless, he could not be a savior at all. Now these words are what I want you to think about for a little while. And in him is no sin. Though they come at the end of arguably that sentence, they're no afterthought. Rather, they're emphatic. Because in the context, John is talking about sinning and not sinning. And therefore, these words not merely connect with Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, but connect with all who profess faith in him. In particular, they relate to his appearing and his atoning. He appeared, and in him is no sin. He atoned, and in him is no sin. He appeared. He was before he became visible. And in becoming visible, it wasn't by way of a theophany. Certainly not an apparition. He stepped into time. Pilate, Herod, Annas, Caiaphas. Stepped into space. Bethlehem, Nazareth. Jerusalem. He became flesh and blood. Human. Like us. In a fallen world. He became man. How on earth then. Could he be without sin. To err is human isn't it. Well ever since the fall yes. But there were two human beings who didn't partake of that common affliction when they came from the hand of God as they did. Now, to err is human, but it wasn't always the case. And here is one who stepped from heaven to earth, from eternity into time, became human yet without sin. How? Well, it was by divine incarnation, wasn't it? That's the answer. Mary was assured that a holy thing would be born of her who would justly bear the name Son of God. Not possible for him to sin is an essential of taking away sins. And while we speak about the virgin birth, it's more accurate, isn't it, to speak about virginal conception. The birth was ordinary. It was that he was born as a result of, or conceived as a result of, the mysterious personal intervention of the Holy Spirit himself. The fact that he was born without 
male intervention doesn't guarantee sinlessness. Mary was a sinner. Virginal conception is a plain proclamation that here was a divine person who came into the world, made in the likeness of sinful flesh, infirm but not sinful. He appeared, and in him is no sin. He came within arm's length of sin. But he had to come closer to it than within arm's length of sinners in order to atone for it. He appeared and in him is no sin. He atoned and in him is no sin. This is what the appearing was for. He came to lift it up. This is a hands-on job. Not an arm's length task. In him, those two goats of the Day of Atonement combined. So that he was at one and the same time. The one that was smitten for sin and the one that lifted it up off the shoulders of sin. And removed it out of the way between the sinner and God. How on earth could he atone? Take away sins without sin himself. And again, the answer involves the activity of God. Just as he appeared without sin by way of divine incarnation, so he atoned without sin by divine imputation. God made him, accounted him, sin, who knew no sin assigned to him the place of a sinner in his holy sight, did not spare him, though he was his own son, though he wasn't a sinner personally, did not spare him, but treated him in exactly the same way as a holy God would deal with the most corrupt sinner. Not sparing him one stroke of his wrath, so that he could truly Offer himself to God as a sacrifice for sin and bear the curse and satisfy, satisfy, propitiate, placate the wrath of God. Give to God the righteousness God requires. Bear from him the penalty sin deserves. That happened. On the cross. By divine imputation. He appeared and in him is no sin. He atoned and in him is no sin. What effect should this have on us. With regard to us who trust in him. And those sins that still stick closely to us. The first is this. The guilt of them. And the condemnation for them is gone. Are we responsible? More responsible than when we were dead in trespasses and sins. But the guilt being held accountable for them and liable to punishment for them 
gone, happened on Calvary. Now, can you think of a stronger argument against sinning? Not merely a sin forbidden. Look at what it cost to have it taken away. Is there any greater spur to holiness than to call to mind what it cost the sinless Savior to bear away our sins? There isn't. If that doesn't move you to want to be holy, you are dead in trespasses and sins still. But here it isn't just an argument against sinning. Any day, every day, here's the assurance that one day you and I will never sin again. Because he is our Savior. There is our humanity, sinless. To him, incarnate, we are being conformed. And though we haven't seen him, we love him. And one day, when we see him as he is, we will be like him. Let us pray. We know, Father, that we ought to thank Thee for what Thou hast done much more than the fact that we know it and rejoice in it. And we would do that, for Thou alone art worthy, and yet Thou dost not disdain the joy and gratitude and delight of Thy people, as with exultation but with awe. We acknowledge that all that we now are, all that we now have, all that we hope to be is traceable to thine unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ, thy Son, who lived and died and rose again for us. We thank thee for him. Grant us thy blessing. Amen. Copyright 2007 Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way, and you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this broadcast on our website is preferred.